BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Bloodstream City. He called this one The Depths. Please allow me to tell you his tale. We sailed south from Japan. The ocean was angry at the beginning of our voyage, spitting and smashing at us for most of the 1100 miles. As we moved closer, the raging waters drew still. Quiet, like a married couple on the verge of a fight. Rage bubbling beneath the skin. Our destination was an abyss. Not a bottomless pit, exactly, but not far from it. A Mariana Trench was first discovered by rope. Picture that. It's 1875, you're on board the HMS Challenger, a steam-assisted boat making a scientific tour of the world. You're around a hundred miles out from the Mariana Islands, recording data in your notebook. Your crew has already discovered 4,000 some odd previously unknown species of aquatic life enough to make your head spin. During a routine sounding of the ocean floor, using nothing more than weighted ropes, your rope begins to drop, and drop, and drop, and it doesn't stop dropping until it reaches a measurement of 8,184 meters, an impossible depth. You're so confused you do it all over again, and you get the same reading, 8,184 meters. That's seven miles straight down. Drop a pebble from the surface and it would take an hour just to reach the bottom. Drop Mount Everest and after the water settled, the peak of Earth's tallest mountain would still be a full mile beneath you. How deep is the ocean? The joke goes, you couldn't possibly fathom. The Mariana Trench is a scar, a crescent-shaped scratch in the Earth's crust. One I planned to touch. People were excited by the idea of the first woman to dive the Mariana Trench. The very first to reach the deepest point of the world's oceans. 
Half a dozen men had made the dive already. They said it was time for a woman to join them. Rewrite the history books. I went along with the story for the sake of funding, because donors love a good news story. But the truth is, I've never thought of myself in that way. I'm not a woman. I'm a diver, an explorer. I didn't want to get my name into the history books. I just wanted to go down there for myself, to sit at the bottom of the world. Our boat was called the Leucothea, named after the Greek sea goddess. Leucothea was said to come to the aid of sailors in trouble. Ours was a research vessel built in the 80s, just like me, made one for one purpose only, just like me. It wasn't the newest or the most advanced ship on the ocean, and that was just fine. It doesn't take the best ship in the world, it just takes one that doesn't stop before you get there. There was one thing we had that was the best in the world, though. Where it counted, our dive vessel was one of a kind. The smallest and lightest craft of its type, built on the backs of all the successes and failures that came before it. A vanadium steel oval with mechanical limbs. The development team nicknamed it Sheldon, on account of it looking like an egg with legs. When it came time to name it officially, however, I christened it the Palyman. Palyman, offspring of Leucothea, the child that roams the sea. The night before the dive, I couldn't sleep. It was the depths that did it. We'd reached our destination late and decided to wait for daybreak. It didn't matter below the surface, but on deck. It made things easier. The problem was, with the Leucothea drifting over the trench, I could only lie in my quarters, on that hard cot, and imagine the seven miles stretching out beneath me. The cold space under my back. All that darkness, waiting for me down there, calling to me. I needed to rest, to have my wits about me on the dive, but I couldn't take anything to help me fall asleep. Nothing in my system. Clean, like a baby. Like a newly hatched egg. So I kept my eyes shut and tried not to think about the ocean. About anything at all. I let my mind go blank, trying in vain to keep the pressure from crushing it. Before I knew it, before I could stop it. I was standing in front of the pallyman, the cold metal of the dive floor stinging my bare feet, wishing I'd at least stopped for socks. But stopping wasn't in my design. At least the pallyman was resting. Limbs folded against its body, the cameras like six, dead eyes staring out at peculiar angles. It sat at the center of the dive floor. We would come together as one soon, the machine and I falling through cold space, piercing the black. I placed my hand on the hatch and said a small, godless prayer under my breath that we would reach the bottom. It really does look like an egg, a voice said behind me. I turned to see John, head of the dive project, watching me from the railing. Salt-bleached hair caught in the light, better an egg than a coffin. He padded down the metal steps and joined me in front of the pallyman. His dirty socks are next to my bare feet. We looked at each other a moment. I couldn't sleep, either, he said. I nodded, nothing more to be said. Radar shows a storm moving in. I saw that, swirls of green with a red core, less than a day out. A vague monster on the horizon and shifting shades of violence. But you still want to dive. I nodded, I still want to dive. John knew how much I wanted this. He wanted it, too but he had the misfortune of being the voice of reason to someone who didn't want to hear it. Which was why he was stepping so lightly, socks and all. If the weather's as bad as they say, it might be too risky to move forward. We have to at least consider it. I won't be feeling much of anything at the bottom. You do have to come back up eventually, he said with a frown. Or had it you thought of that? 
I considered it. And, the truth, I looked over at him. I just want to get out of here already. Is it something I said? He asked, and I laughed softly. Ava, just tell me the truth are you running from me? I turned and walked away from John and the Pallyman, two children of the sea. No, I said, heading back to my quarters. Not from you. The floor was either warmer on the way back or I couldn't feel it anymore. As for my bed, I don't remember my head hitting the pillow. The darkness drew me in like a sponge. I sat inside an egg, a circle of lights and instruments, with me at the yoke. The pallyman, a steel alloy ball dangling a few feet over the ocean. A pebble waiting to be dropped. Pallyman, this is Lucathia. How's it going in there? John's voice came in strong over the radio. I haven't gone anywhere yet. Jesus, Ava, just give me a damn reading, would you? I read off the numbers to him and he confirmed them. All systems running perfectly. The ocean spray hit the pilot window again and again as the pallyman swayed dangling from six suspension cables. I've always had a strong stomach, but even for me, that much back and forth was enough to induce vertigo. This was no time for getting sick, so I focused on the mission. The controls are in front of me, a multi-million dollar machine I was entrusting my life with. Over my head was a saltwater battery. Above that are an antenna array and a beacon light. Behind me, horizontal and vertical thrusters. A thousand instruments packed in with me, like the antennae of a snail, touching and testing its surroundings, warning me of danger. All right, it looks like we're clear. Halliman, brace for impact in 10 seconds, John said. And just like that the countdown started. 10, 9, 8. I tucked my head down and held my knees in the fetal position. 7, 6, 5. For no reason at all, I thought of my brother. Four, blonde and small and bright. Three, how he liked to play in the mud. Two, I wondered what he would have looked like today. One, releasing cables. For a second, nothing happened. Then, like a gunshot, the pins holding the suspension cables fired. All at once, they let go, and all was weightless. All was light, an endless moment floating in the air. The embryo and the egg. Then the ocean rushed up at the pilot window like a runaway truck. A splash like an explosion blotted out the light as the water enveloped me, pulled me down and down into the hungry water. We dropped, the pallyman and I, taking the same path as that weighted rope all those years ago. The sea was a greenish-blue expanse that grew darker and darker through the window, bubbles dissipating until all that was left was the whisper of water rushing past, an occasional fish caught in the lights. We passed the thousand-meter mark in no time falling down to where the sunlight doesn't reach. The aphotic zone, Greek for away from light. We fell, and fell, and kept falling. I kept in contact with the Leucothea at first, but soon there was nothing to say that silence wouldn't say better. Somewhere around 5,000 feet, 1,500 meters down, I passed into the Mariana Trench. Not that I could see it, of course. The trench is 43 miles wide at most parts, which means the pallyman's lights were about as useful as a match in a tornado. I fell for more than an hour, watching the screens, occasionally checking to make sure the radio worked, to let the surface know I was alive. It felt as if I could fall forever. Some part of me wished I could. I was mostly alone as I fell. Occasionally, I saw a snailfish, the elongated fish with small eyes in their heads and antifreeze in their blood. I even spotted what looked like a ghostfish, the elusive, 
scaleless fish with translucent skin and colorless eyes. But it passed by too quickly to be sure. Then there was nothing. The temperature outside read 39 degrees Fahrenheit. The warmest it gets down there. The barometer showed a thousand times Earth's atmosphere. At that pressure, if were I to open the hatch, I would be crushed faster than my brain could register the pain. The Pallyman was a sphere because it was the strongest shape for resisting pressure. Yet by that it had shrunken by two inches under the immense pressure. The first screen to flicker was a secondary system, camera control. It cut out, the screen went black. Then the speed and depth monitor shimmered in digital. Leukothea, I said into the radio, this is Pallyman, can you still read me? Over. Five seconds passed in silence. Six seconds. Seven. I turned up the volume. Cutting out. Over. John's voice jumped through the speaker. Same here. I'm losing a few minor systems. Nothing catastrophic. Over. The image on the main screen wobbled. The life support monitor blinked an early warning. If dot 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 can't let. The radio signal cut in and out. John's voice sliced to pieces. The weather is. And then there was nothing. No more voice from the radio. I was alone, with one screen to guide me, and less than a thousand meters to go before the bottom. We'd have to figure out later why I'd lost so many systems. But for now, I had what I needed. Air was flowing, the cockpit was holding up to the pressure. The controls were functional, and the lights still worked, both the ambient lights already on and the floodlights I'd kept off to conserve battery. For the first time, I engaged reverse thrusters to slow my descent. 500 meters until the bottom. 400 meters. 3. I leaned forward until my face was nearly touching the pilot window. And strained to see. I felt like a little girl on a field trip to the zoo. Wide-eyed, peering out from the bus windows at the creatures peering back. My eyes registered a thin line in the darkness below. A trace of something solid. As the pallyman neared the bottom, less than a hundred meters to go, I flicked on the floodlights. The house below looked like the one I'd grown up in. A tall roof with gray shingles, now ringed with mossy growth. The floodlights caught the brick chimney. It threw a harsh shadow across the roof and down to the ocean floor. Lichen clung to the chimney's old brick. An amphipod swam off, a massive, soft-shelled albino disturbed from its feeding. I piloted the mostly blind Leukothea across the sloping roof and down toward the trenches floor. The floodlight danced across the attached garage and its faded red door with white panels. Inside would be a brown station wagon and a yellow bicycle with a cracked seat. A workbench covered in rusted tools and half-finished birdhouses. Carefully turning the stick, I slowly touched down on Mariana's floor. Contact. Sediment billowed up around me in slow motion, like playing in the mud. Even there, that far down, things lived in the dirt. Xenophyophores, unicellular organisms hidden in the sand and sediment. Microbes in the muck. The house was silent in the water, bathed in the pallyman's light. Marine snow drifted across the roof and down to the open porch. A trachyme juice jellyfish. A translucent, umbrella-shaped phantom pulsed through the water, swimming past the picture window, past the face inside. My mother's soft cheekbones looked angular in the light. Straight hair swept sideways in the soft current. Red lips like a soft scar. Ava. Her dress was simple and light in the color of seaweed. She lifted her thin arms. Her long hands stretched toward me. Ava. I understood then. Understood what she needed. 
What I needed. My hands found the pilot door, fingers working the locking mechanism. I couldn't be trapped in there any longer. Away from her. I needed to be with her. In my house. Where I belong. Haliman, this is Lukathia. Do you copy? A voice jarred me. Cut through the fog of radio and ocean. Ava, please respond. I looked back at the radio. At the door mechanism in my hands. At the water waiting to rush in. Faster than my brain could register the pain. I'm not sure if you can hear me. The storm is getting close now. We need to wrap up and head back. Over. My mother's eyes were hollow, empty. A place I could move in and make whole. They could do the same for me. For my eyes. For the hollowness that sits in me. Playing in the mud. If you can hear me, please come back. John's voice said. I pulled myself from the window and returned to the pilot's seat. There were no screens left. I had no visible commands, only a stick and a lever. A lever with one word written on it in white. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Letters. Ascend. Ava. Come back. I closed my eyes and pulled the lever. Faster than the pain could register. With a mechanical whine, the pallyman let go of its two. 300 kilogram weights. Released from its burden, the craft lifted free of the ocean floor. I opened my eyes, already heading up. I looked down at the house, at the picture window half obscured by falling snow. My mother stared up at me, watched me go, watched me leave her. The radio was solid in my hand, an anchor, a tether to the world. I copy you, Lukathia, I said into it. I'm coming back to you. Like a rocket, I rose, like a bat out of hell. Everyone was disappointed to learn the cameras failed. Not a second of footage was taken past the freefall, but the sensors recorded everything, including the depths. 8,184 meters, seven miles, straight down. They popped their champagne and smiled for cameras. The donors were happy. The history books were rewritten. I didn't tell them about what I saw. Not any of them, not even John. But since we got back, since we returned to the land and the noisy world that went with it, I've thought of one thing and one thing only, of going back down to the depths, to see her, to go home. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.